Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to All Stats Army, a podcast in which Leeds fans cast their combined eye over goings-on at Elland Road, giving scrutiny to the underlying statistics and tactical footings at work at Leeds United. I'm John McKenzie, the Pablo Hernandez finish of the podcast. Got there in the end, but it was worth the wait. And I'm joined by the Jamie Shackleton first senior goal of the podcast, Josh Hobbs. And last but by no means least, the Matlock own goal of the podcast. What's he doing? I've no idea. Oh look, it's gone in. It's only Darren Driver. Darren, how are you doing? Yeah, I think uh, judging by my Twitter feed, I'm the only sober man uh, in Leeds right now. Um, <laughs> and basically, I'm pretty tired, pretty emotional, and I've been eating my feelings pretty solidly since we were confirmed has been promoted. So all the fitness work <laughs> I've done over summer has gone to pot. <laughs> <laughs> and Josh, how are you feeling, mate? Yeah, class, mate. Been a hell of a week, isn't it? When you think of... I th- honestly can say Thursday... I know I wasn't on the pod on Thursday, so I couldn't, uh, after Thursday, so I couldn't um, share my feelings. But I was, I, I feel like I went through it <laughs> on Thursday, as, a, as I know a lot of, a lot of people did. Um, it was one of the least enjoyable wins I can ever remember. I think it might be up there with the worst experience I've had watching <laughs> yeah. Leeds. And that, that includes some really bad games. It was yeah. just horrible. I was just all over the place. Um and yeah, to to have gone from that to what we've had in the last few days, um, and today was just fun, wasn't it? I just laughed every time we scored. I laughed. We 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 battered <laughs> Derby with our eleven least hungover players, and that's just funny. Yeah, the old Peacock representative eleven did really well today. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's fucking amazing what's happened these last few days, and I don't think it's really sunk in with me yet. But um, but I, I know for a fact that this season is going to rank up very highly in the in the thirty one or 30, 32 that I've supported Leeds. It's just been an amazing experience from start mm. to finish. Uh, best ever for me. I'm I'm a little bit younger than you. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's been a it's been a funny few days, hasn't it? Because it's sort of it hasn't really left us alone. Like we we got promoted one day, then we got confirmed champions the next day, and then we played the the day after that it's just sort of it's just sort of been exhausting hasn't it it's just been non-stop sort of roller coasters of emotion and uh yeah I'm sure the 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 team have been going through that as well and like you say it's not not sunk in and I think 
it's only going to be over the summer when we start getting transfer rumours and you start sort of thinking just little things like, I don't know, people selecting their fantasy football teams for the Premier League next season and realising they can choose Leeds players this time round and realising that Leeds are going to be on match of the day, um, all that kind of stuff. The, the things that you just sort of... I don't know. For me, like the Premier League has been very com- compartmentalized. It's just sort yeah. of been something that I've had there that I, I use. I have to keep up with for work, and and that's a, about it. I don't I don't go mad for Premier League uh, football particularly, but now obviously all of these little things that have just been there, and you just sort of take for granted that um, that are Premier League football, and now you kind of think we're now invested in this now, and it's it's quite exciting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I've only really watched Match of the Day since 2004, and recently that's only been so that the podcasts are listening to make any sense. Um, so I'm really, really looking forward to uh, to getting back involved in it. I didn't have you as a post-Abramovich uh, Premier League fan. We <laughs> <laughs> came in in 2003, and then you're like, I better keep up with Premier League football now. No, no, whatever gave you that idea, John, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be an interesting podcast, I think, because, um, I don't know, the, just the very nature of the game today was very much a, a sort of a scouting um, type a type affair where we got to see uh, a few players getting full 90-minute runouts, which is exciting for us, for sure. So I really enjoyed the game. But uh, before we jump into that, we want to get the miserable aspect of the, the day's proceedings out of the way. Um, we've talked already about our take on the Kiko Kassir incident. Um, we should add to that, but we were, I think, especially disappointed to see him starting today um but we don't want to talk about it too much um because we don't want to um ruin the the moment that this podcast is uh, hopefully trying to encapsulate so we have written an open letter which is available on our twitter feed so if you head over to our twitter feed at all stats aren't we you can read our open letter there um that just puts our our thoughts down about um the inclusion of kiko kasir in the match day squad today right i've already said that um we should start off by, well, we, this this um, episode will have a lot of sort of scouting reports for a number of youngsters. But before we get there, just um, we've already talked about the, the experiences we've we've been through today. Um, we had a question from Brawl and Ate the Pie, um, who's, who's a very reliable question asker. So great that, that he's been involved today. But he says, is celebrating on the derby pitch with flares, banners and champers, A, a great feeling, B, good shithousery or C, both? Um Thoughts on on the way that we celebrated today it was uh, a lot of let out of emotion. I think there. Yeah, well, I'd uh, I got a bit of a bollocking off my wife to be honest because I'd been bemoaning the derby players' reactions at the from the playoff final the the, the week before and kind of saying you know, how great it was that they were going to have to give us the the guard of honour and how much I was going to enjoy that, but how I was sure that after that we'd behave with absolute class and dignity. <laughs> <laughs> Which then somewhat didn't come to pass, but I have to say I enjoyed every bloody second of it. <laughs> I think the only disappointment is just that uh, we didn't have 6,000 Leeds fans there sharing in that revelry. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've, I felt for the players because I think they deserved that moment to have that with the fans. And obviously they got, um, they, they've, had, uh, they've had Friday night um but i i don't think it's the same as celebrating on the pitch um in front of the fans and uh that i think that slightly took away from it but um yeah incredible incredible sort of bookend to the to that story absolutely and you know nice to see a spygate reference in there as much as it does 
piss me off at times. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I was I was going to let this pass, but I, I have no problem with the players doing that, whatever, and the fans doing that. But Victor Orta really is going beyond the pale for me. <laughs> yeah, but he might be my favourite moron. <laughs> That's why people love it because it's it's just it's so not what uh, someone that's basically is on the board of Leeds United. <laughs> it's, not, it's not what someone like that should be doing. This, see, this is what worries me, though, is that like he is an, imp- an important figure in the club. And to have someone like that making important decisions worries me slightly. <laughs> but maybe I'm, maybe I'm just old fashioned or something. But. Yeah, I think, yeah, personally, uh, I made that picture my, my Twitter header. So I quite enjoyed it. Myself, but, um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, look, I, I really am not casting judgment either way. I just, it just, as I say, it just sort of worries me a little bit that, and especially from what Angus Kinnear was saying this week, where he was like, in the last ten days, Victor Auto has been a nightmare. <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see how that goes. I do think that we've been. I don't know. I've had a, I've had a lot of friends who are not Leeds fans getting in touch, being like, you know, there comes a point at which you started being classless on the pitch, and I was like. <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. I think yeah. I think I'd have been annoyed if if it were other other clubs, but I really don't think we should necessarily get into this now. Um, obviously, there's that whole 16 years of of being away from the Premier League to sort of get out of the way. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's another story entirely. Darren, you've got yeah. thoughts? Come on. I'm just thinking, it might have been in, it, it might have been different if we hadn't been celebrating in Derby, um, but. You know what? In the end, it's never been Leeds fans' approach to give a shit what other other people yeah. think, and um, I I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Let let the party keep going for a few more days. Yeah, I reckon. Hmm. Right, as I've said, uh, a little bit of a scouting report episode. So we've had loads of questions about various youngsters. So Matt Robinson says, what do you think of Perveda and Shaq's games? Uh, Christian Allen says, comments on Stroke and Perveda, thoughts on them covering roles in the Premier League. AJ says, what does next season hold for Pascal, Perveda and Shaq? So I think the best thing to do is to just sort of work through those three players. I think there's... Um, uh, um, from what we've what we've experienced of them this season, um, and then obviously in the game today, uh, and then I think the the general consensus is what, like, to what extent are these guys Premier League ready? So let's start with um, let's start with let's start with Shackleton actually. So Simon Harrow says, um, "What do you think of Shackleton's prospects? Please, always looks good." Um, by the way, could you pre- pre- pronounce his name like Bielsa does, which I presume is Shackleton? It's, it's or Shackleton. Like Shackleton. 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 <laughs> Okay, well, I mean, if he struggles with Shackleton, then he is going to struggle struggle with Pascal Stroke as well. But we're going to have a, a conversation about how to pronounce his name uh, when we get to him. So, uh, Josh, thoughts on on Jamie Shackleton? I know you've been a big fan of him. Yeah, I'm I'm really pleased that that he got to start today. Um, I that was something that I well, as soon as I knew what the situation was going to be for today, he was someone who I really wanted to see start. So I'm really happy that that happened. Uh, even better that he. He got his first first goal. Thought he looked really good as he as he always does. I don't think I've ever really um seen him play, be it right back or in or in central midfield where I've thought that he's looked out of his depth. I think there was one performance, um I think it was the very first time that he started in place of Forshaw early this season away at Barnsley, where he looked he looked excellent. Uh, individually but our midfield as a whole looked worse that was um 
one that stood out to me. But apart from that game, in every single time I've seen him, he's impressed me. I love the way that he... Um, I feel he glides with the ball in a similar way to how uh, how I used to uh, describe Lewis Cook moving with the ball. Uh, he can he can beat players, which is a, a great skill for any central midfielder. If you've got a player that can... Um, that can beat a press um, just with a just with a quick sort of faint, a quick drop of the shoulder, go past them, and then you're you've broken through into the final third. That's a that's a huge uh, a hugely beneficial attribute to have in your team. Um, and yeah, nice to know that when he got put through on goal, he he finished really well. So really happy with that today from him. Yeah, like you, Josh, I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of Shackleton, um, and and I think he makes better decisions than Lewis, Lewis Cook did at the same stage of his career in terms of his use of the ball, in terms of when to try run a man, when to try and pass the ball. Um, I, I'm a massive fan, and I think we'd have seen far more of him during this season uh, had he not picked up the injuries that he's yeah. had. I think it's a real a real shame. Um, and and I I don't actually have any problem with having him as part of the squad going up into the Premier Division I think I think he's he's got every he's got every attribute you need um to to play well at that level and he's not someone who I'm concerned about at all I hope he gets minutes I I, I hope he gets decent minutes I mean I still it doesn't change my feeling which I've made all along that we need another midfielder I completely agree but yeah. not yeah, to yeah. not to do the same thing that he does not fill the same role um, yeah so I, ho- I hope he plays I guess that if we're going to start looking c- sort of critically at him and I think it is important that we do this because I think we, we we would all agree that um, Shackleton is is definitely a prospect for the future and I think we think that his ceiling is high enough that he could play in the Premier League um, he's he's a, quite a diminutive player and I think when you're talking about players who move the way that he and Cook move I think a lot of the time it's because they have to be really efficient and economic with their movement because of their lack of um, relative strength and height Um, so I mean there was there was a great example of Shackleton coming on at the end of the Barnsley game where he got in in between he barely did anything because he came on right at the end but we were under a huge amount of pressure and he had to hold the ball up in in an advanced area and he got his body in between the the opposition player and, and the ball yeah that was a great moment yeah, exactly. And he did yeah. got the foul, slowed everything down, and that was just what we needed. But really smart. Mm, yeah, agreed. But any worries at all about his his sort of diminutive? I don't know how tall he is. I should probably have looked this up, but he's not he's not a particularly tall player. Um, any worries about that going into the Premier League? Not for me. I think I think there are enough um, there are enough players out there these days that have um, proven that that's not sort of physical stature isn't isn't everything as long as you are exceptional in your in your other uh, attributes and I, I think he's got that potential um to 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 be that yeah I agree I think he's got I think he's got the pace and I think he's got the yeah. intelligence to deal with a relative lack of size hmm. um yeah and then I guess my only other and again this is in, maybe in line with that is his defensive capabilities because today I felt as though when he was in deeper positions he just he didn't look out he didn't look out of place he didn't look like he didn't have enough but you know that he is just uh, markedly smaller than than players and I just wondered whether or not anyone again had any any thoughts on that aspect uh, what do you think Darren I think I'd have to see him in, in a situation where he's under a lot more pressure than he's been at any point when he's been in the first team to, to kind of do that defensive work to make that kind of assessment um but yeah I, I can sort of see I can sort of see what you're saying that, that when it when it comes to us 
you know, in the Premier League next year, perhaps needing to kind of hold out a little bit more than we have at any stage during the Championship during his first team minutes. Um, that there might be a slight a slight worry there, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's been in difficult situations in 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 under 23 games and in murder ball, and clearly Bielsa thinks he's ready, so I'm mm. I'm, I'm happy to to go with it on that basis. In terms of uh, what you were saying before, Josh, about the um, uh, about Shackleton covering spaces in midfield and still wanting a, an extra player um, to be brought into the central midfield, I'm just w- I'm just wondering what you like how you judge our central midfield players and how you would differentiate them from one another and how you would see them each covering different spaces uh, positions. Yeah. I guess this may come down to how we see Struick yeah. um, fitting in to this plan um, as cover for, for Calvin Phillips. But th- can you just talk to us about those three those three midfield spots, so the, the six and then the two free eights or whatever we want to call them? Yeah, yeah. so I, I guess um, until these last sort of two games, we've never considered uh, Struick... Uh, I, I don't know if I've just now murdered his name, but uh, we've never con- <laughs> considered him really um, part of this conversation. But I guess he now has brought himself into that conversation. But we were saying in our defensive midfield, it was Calvin is indisputably number one for that, that role. Uh, and then Forshaw was uh, one of the eights, um, but he was also cover for that position. And basically, as we've seen this season, the only cover for that position who is actually anywhere close to natural in the role. Um, and then you obviously have Click as as an eight. Hernandez started the season uh, on the right, but I think I I don't think we'll see him there much anymore unless it's coming off the bench to play there um so it's basically those plus Shackleton and then Roberts who I just I'm more and more convinced that he's he should not play in midfield uh so I I basically would like a replacement for Roberts in in midfield um so someone that can play that sort of uh more attacking of the eights uh I would say Shackleton is is the one who if Click wasn't playing I would have Shackleton in uh I would have Shackleton coming off the bench to replace Click, as he he did that played that role today and played it really well. Um, and Roberts looked much better playing as a striker than than he has done uh, playing as an attacking midfielder. Does that cover it? So you take Calvin Phillips with Stroke as a backup. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure yet how I feel about that for the for the Prem. Although I did um, I I was very impressed with him uh defensively against Barnsley and then today he uh he looked he looked good in possession did a lot of good things um which was something that I wanted to see because uh a defensive midfielder <laughs> who is basically a center back uh doing well in the defensive phase is one thing being able to actually control the ball and help us dominate play that's that's another thing entirely. He's certainly better than Ben White, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do think I do think that he did that well. Yeah, and Ben White just looks so much better in his natural position. Um, however, uh, yeah, I I think if we ran with if we ran with him as our cover for Calvin in in the Premier League, that's that's very very risky for me. But I guess maybe we'd be saying, well, we've also got Forshaw, <laughs> but we we don't know if Forshaw's going to continue to be broken or not. 
there just feels like we need a midfielder but there's part of me that wants two because <laughs> mm. i want someone to take uh to sort of be the future um successor to pablo and i also want someone to be a genuine backup for calvin phillips i i'm not sure we'll get both do you want to talk a little bit about tyler roberts up front to today darren because i think that's something i'm not written on the running order but i think he was really good as a as a lone striker today yeah i totally agree he um his his kind of movement seems much more natural from that position, which is what you'd expect because that's the position he's played a lot. Um, he played it totally differently from from Bamford. He, he tended to drop into the ten space um, much more and kind of hold, do the hold at play there. Whereas I think quite often you see Bamford pulling out to the to our right to kind of contribute to the build up play there. Um, I thought I thought Roberts looked dangerous. Um, <clears throat> and and yeah, I think everything I, I, that Josh said about um, about Roberts is. As a midfielder, I totally agree with it. He doesn't sit comfortably in the midfield for me. If he's a ten, he's a, he's a second striker ten, not a midfield ten, um, if you like. Um, so yeah, excellent. Thought he was really good. Right, let's move on to talk about strike then. Um, in terms of, in, well, we've already touched on a, a lot of, uh, of of what we thought about him, but Wiggy um, asks, uh, thought strike looked really excellent, calmness personified, and he did one lovely drop of the shoulder that left his opponent for dead. Um, what were his past completion stats and tackles made stats today? He looks a good deputy for Phillips. Um, I don't know if you've got the stats to hand, Josh. Yeah, uh, so he made... 40 passes today, 35 were completed, so that's a 87.5% completion rate. Pretty good. Um, he completed two take-ons, which is not something you, you probably expect from him. And looking at the map for his passes, de- a decent amount of them um, forward going into the um even into the final third so it's not just making loads of sideways and backwards passes although obviously he is because he's playing in um he's he's playing an important role in the build up which is something we just were missing um as we've talked about before uh, on Thursday we didn't sort of have that player to come short collect the ball from from the defense and i i think he did that well um yeah so a couple of take ons uh, what else here he Created a chance. Uh, I think it might have been for for Pervader, so it wasn't necessarily like he'd played a through ball through. Oh no, it was for Roberts. Where because I'm just looking at the picture of it. It's where he played that ball through. Roberts got in behind and took a shot, and it was saved. So that was a decent bit of work from him. Um, and in terms of tackles, uh, he made two tackles, four interceptions, uh, and one block. Uh, and competed in two aerial duels, uh, which he lost both of those. Uh, He also made two fouls. Altogether, really good performance. And for his first start um, for Leeds United, I think he he can be really pleased with that. Again, just because I think it is important to be critical, what are the sort of worries that we might have with... I should say, I do agree that his progressive passing is good. Um, Arguably better than Phillips's. Uh, if I have a criticism of Phillips, it's probably that he isn't as progressive a passer as he he perhaps could be. Um, we we had the example again against Barnsley where he put the ball in for Alioski, which was just a beautiful through ball. Um, am I right in thinking that Stroik? I mean, far be it from me to talk about footedness because we all know how this ends. But <laughs> is Stroik is he is he left footed? I think he's I think he's right footed, but he did make that particular pass that I know you're talking about it was left foot was yeah. definitely left foot I can just check this now on on Y Scout but 
I was going to say that he just looks very comfortable on either foot to me. It looks like he can, he can. It doesn't really matter to him which foot he uses, which is a rare beast and 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 something to be treasured. I I'm just going to say that I think we I think we have to be careful not to jump jump in and say uh, say he's better uh, at anything than uh, than Calvin at this point. Um, I actually can't find his what foot it. He is on Y Scout. It doesn't say, but it normally would do. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why that is. Maybe he really is two-footed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think we 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 have not seen enough at this point to say um, say that he's be- he's more impressive as a passer than Calvin. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. he he's he certainly did some good things uh, in the sort of last what is it 120 minutes that we've sort of seen him play for. And that's the note of caution you've got to ring for Stroke and for, for Perveda as well, isn't it? That that kind of today was a game with very little pressure on it. Derby were clearly not mm. kind of coming out to, to, to put too much of an effort in. Um, they did what they did well and, and I'd be interested to see to see both of them against a higher level of competition over over a yep. period of a few games because anyone can play well in one game um but I th- I'd, I'd be really interested to see how how that pans out but I'm very encouraged by Stroik's start and he was on the on the video before the restart we noticed that he was playing the Calvin role for the kind of B team in that if you remember mm. and, and um that that took me by surprise at the time but clearly that's something that which be also sees him kind of developing into so you know I think that's really and he was really really good today Mm. Yeah, and obviously with Stroke, you've got the the added bonus of we saw him playing in one of the most stressful games that we had this season. Yeah, uh, yeah. and he he seemed all right there. So yeah, still plenty of um, still the ju- jury's still very much out on Stroke, but I think the the indications are that he could be a, a fairly decent uh, player in that um, role. And you know, Marcelo Bielsa said that he sees a lot of the qualities that he expects from that role in him. And he did the same with Calvin Phillips when no one else did. So yeah. uh, I think that's a, a good sign as well. Definitely. Can I just say about Phillips, I saw that. I saw that. I, he, he was never an attacking midfielder. It was never an eight. It was always that position. Always, right from the minute I first saw him. So there you go. <laughs> it's easy to say that after the fact, mate. Come on. Yeah, I wish I had a recording of me saying it to my to my buddy who I talked to this stuff about. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just talk a little bit about Paveda then. Uh, again, a good good performance from him. Um, he looks very smart on the ball. He uh, looks again another player who looks very good with both feet. Although I think he is left footed. Yeah, he's left footed. Yeah. So yet yet another left footed player to add to our millions of left footed players. Um, I'd, yeah, it just felt like everyone on the field was left-footed today to a, to a certain extent. But um, yeah, thoughts on Pervader, Darren? I thought he looked. I thought he looked good. Um, I would have just the, the one thing I would say is that I would have liked to just see him go directly at, at the fullback a little bit more. I felt there were a few times when he had an opportunity to do that and he didn't really kind of push it or try get down the line. He, he's he's tended to to try come inside. Um, but what what he did do, he looked very neat and tidy. Um, looks like he's got a trick or two up his sleeve. Linked really well with Pablo, um, particularly for the goal. Um, so yeah, yeah, encouraging, encouraging stuff. Um, I think I think he's going to be really good. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree about the um, about going down the line. I think I always want to see that from from a winger. It's just I've I've always felt that I I want to see a winger that can go down the line and go inside. Um, and that's something that I really appreciate about Costa that he's um. He's a left footer playing on the right, but he attacks outside the fullback all the time. Mm. Um, and 
uh, yeah, I, I I hope that he does do that more. Uh, we obviously can't say that he doesn't do that because we've we've only seen him uh, very briefly. But I have watched um, some clips of him um, playing uh, for the City youth teams, and it it definitely is his sort of um, go to thing to uh, to try and come inside and get get shots away on his left. Um, but yeah, it's not that he never went tried to go down the line today because I think he did a bit. But yeah, I like wingers who stretch the play. Yeah, me too. If if he will, if he can be coached to do that more, great because he's certainly um, he's got a lot of the technical skills. And uh, yeah, I I it was nice to see um, see him get some proper minutes uh, under his belt. I think he'll kick on. I hope he does. Yeah, I think the the the, the one kind of note of note of doubt that I have about it, John, is is the kind of thing which you raised with Shackleton, which is for the Derby goal, he was he was pushed off the ball very very easily. Oh, he got smashed. Um, so it's, <laughs> he really did. So there's, <laughs> I think there's, there might be a slight issue there around size or strength or something. But um, hopefully you wouldn't want him on the edge of your own box all too often anyway. To be to be honest. Yeah. Should we read anything into the fact that he played played on the right today rather than the left? Is that simply because, I don't know, because we've played Alioski on the right as well at times. Um, should we read anything into his position on the right there? I think he's he's always done that. He's 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 always been a been a right sided player, even though he's left footed. Uh, yeah, all the clips I've seen, he's been on the right too. Yeah, definitely on on Y Scout. I think. Every single, yeah, nearly every single game that is listed on here, he's on the right. There's the occasional left wing, but nearly all right. So I think that's what he's most used to. Hmm. Similarly to Costa, like he can play on the left, but for one reason or another, he's always been used on the right. Right. On the subject of, of wingers... Um, we did have a couple of questions. Well, we had a question about Harrison because Harrison's new deals come uh, come through, and I wondered if anyone had any thoughts on that because it seems as though what's happened is that um, because the original deal came to an end because of the strangeness of the timings of this season, um, rather than the uh, option to buy being um, uh, sealed, they've renegotiated it. Um, so I. I don't know. We did have a question from, and I can't believe I'm going to say this word, um, but here we go. Flange Patterson asked a question. <laughs> um, he said, Phil said, Phil Hay said we had to renegotiate, renegotiate the option to buy for Harrison because it had expired. Is it now more than eight million? Um, are we about to have our pants pulled down? What's 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 our thinking on this? Because I find it very odd that we've decided to just push him back for another year. Um, it feels I've said it before in in our chats. Uh, that it just feels a little bit like we're cutting corners with this. I I read um I actually read the Q and A where somebody asked Phil this, and he said that uh, it will cost uh, a little bit more, but probably like ten million. So it's it's that's only like two million more than what the original option was. However, it will obviously in- include another loan fee for this season so i reckon it might end up costing us like five million more than it than it would have done uh but i think i i I don't like the idea of us having loads of players on loan this season um i've never liked that because it i just think if it goes wrong you're left without assets um however i think we're in a unique situation uh with uh money in football being reduced for for a little while we don't we don't know if we'll ever get back to where it was at we're not sure yet 
But I think with the COVID-19 situation, I think it's just changed the way that they're looking at it. So they're thinking we can still get this player. We've got a potential financial nightmare with the uh, Augustan transfer. So they're, they're just trying to think if we need to save some money somewhere, then we know we can we can make this deal with city and i'm sure we will eventually sign him um but this just gives us it saves us basically 8 million pounds uh, at least for this next budget but in the longer term it costs more doesn't it so it feels a bit short short sighted to me because that's three loan fees now plus it plus an eventual an eventual transfer fee it just it just feels a bit silly to me to be honest but there we go they don't mind taking the hit on the next season because so i think they're thinking yeah. we we need to have money in the budget to build ourselves a Premier League squad. I think that's more what they're thinking and they're like we'll deal with that next time. Hopefully we'll hopefully we'll have two seasons of Premier League money by that point. But presumably this would have been a four-year deal and it would have amortized at 2 million a year. So it doesn't I mean, it doesn't seem to me that they'll have saved a huge amount and all it means is that next year it'll be 2.5 million a year over four years but um maybe it's simply just so that they can say we've got 8 million here that we can sort of treat as um extra extra transfer but I think Darren and I probably um, still feel the heebie-jeebies when we when we see anything like um, attempts to sort of <laughs> financially cost cut and, and rely on success in order for um, our financial model to work. So um, I'm sure this isn't like this isn't the sort of thing that's going to break the bank and send leads spinning down the um, down the leagues, of course. But you know, it's the question is like the it's just the addition and the aggregation of all of these different things because we look at things and say, oh look, 90 million pounds for getting into the Premier League in terms of TV revenue news for the year um, but we've we've already seen how quickly those are going to get eaten up and um, uh, I guess that we're going to talk about some of the transfer stuff later but um, you know it, it, if, if anyone's thinking we're going to have 90 million to spend on transfers this this season I think they are probably quite wrong or it's going to be if it is around that that's going to be on four or five players um, but we'll we'll talk about that in a minute um, we had a couple of questions about defence, which I think are quite interesting to ask. So, uh, Gabriel Dujak, I can never say his name, Dujak, Dujak, Dujak. I'm going to Keep say trying. that again. <laughs> I think it's pronounced strike. <laughs> <laughs> Gabriel Dujak asks, if White doesn't stay, what do you think about ailing as centre-back going into the Premier League? Dallas would be right back, Douglas left back in my scenario, or do we go shopping? Um, I think that's the result of uh, ailing coming on and playing a centre-back today um and then h40 said love you to talk about the difference between the last two seasons defenses it has to be more than just swapping white for pontus the way we defend feels different those big central holes weren't there what changed um let's go let's go with you first darren on the on the first question how do you feel about the idea of using ailing as a centre-back going into the premier league i don't mind ailing as the right-handed side of a of a, of a, of a centre-back uh, three centre-backs but i think as as a, as a as one of two i think he's i think he's flawed um and and besides which i really like him at right back so if we don't manage to 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 pull off the ben white transfer um and you know i'm hoping against hope really that we do then then we go shopping quite clearly in my mind and josh what are your thoughts on that question about the difference between the defense over the two seasons yeah it's interesting that one that's a good question um just to put a little bit of stats around that for context so we've obviously played a, a game less uh well Three when you consider the playoff games which are considered as well but uh, expected goals against for this season 34.79 for Leeds which is the best in the league 
uh, and last season, 47.04. So that's a... That is a big difference. That still was enough. That was still enough for us to be the uh, the second best uh, in the division last season, though. Um, but I, I, yeah, I mean, I would say Pontus uh, leaving uh, and being replaced with White is obviously the big one. But I think also as a team, uh, we've just dominated the ball far better. Um, We've controlled games much more, and I think that's come from uh, that's come from us um, having another season really under under Bielsa. The team being um, being more uh, sort of au fait with with everything. I'm just looking, trying to see what our possession is compared. So it's sixty two point three this season, last season actually higher sixty two point eight last season. I mean, I, I'm pretty clear in my mind that the biggest reason is is Ben White for, for Pontus because, and I th- I don't think it's anything to do with their in- inherent ability to defend because I think Pontus Janssen can be an excellent defender. I think it's more to do with the fact that Ben White never ever ever seems to get ruffled and never ever seems to make the wrong decision about when to come out and to intercept, when to carry the ball, when to move it on. So. Um, I think I think it I think it's more or less all down to to the upgrade that we've had in that position personally. Yeah, and I think there's something that we talked about before as well is the fact that the the players now understand the system so much better. And that, I know we, I, I made the joke. I don't know if it was on the podcast, but you know we always say trust the process. Um, and a lot yeah. of people kind of questioned that at the end of last season, but it just turned out that the process was two years long. And I think you have to remember that the ability for the players to be much more tactically flexible is the the, the direct benefit of having Bielsa for two seasons. We've seen. We've seen him a lot happier to mix things up this season tactically because he knows that he can tell his players to do things and they'll do it. Um, they've they've got all of the the, the rotations and the interchanges down rote and um, and they're going to go with that. So yeah, I do think it's um, it's important to remember that this season was was about having a, 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 a starting eleven at least at the beginning of the season who just understood the the, the system perfectly. And um, yeah, I think it's been a great season in many respects simply because of that because of the the fact that we've been able to see what two seasons of Bielsa looks like and why it's better to why you can't just treat two seasons as being two separate seasons there is that whole development that comes through through both of them just looking a little bit more so I said our uh, expected goals against last season was 47.04 we actually conceded 54 so we had we had a lot um we had a lot of bad luck in there, and I also would say, uh, thinking back on it, we gave away some uh, some bigger chances. I think in what Darren was saying, sort of making bad just errors of judgment. I think of uh, I think of balls going over the top of of Cooper and Janssen on a few occasions. I don't think we've seen that this season because I think Cooper and White have just had a much better understanding where one of them would cover for the other one in uh, in a just much more cohesive manner whereas I think Janssen could be a wild card in that way uh and that I think had always been Cooper's um I guess it was Cooper's Achilles heel being caught with balls over the top of his head um especially when he's running backwards yeah and I think balls played over his head with him on the turn Billy Sharp going uh running onto that one uh in the game against um, against Sheffield United mm. at Ellen Road uh, in the sort of the pivotal moment in that in that match and I just can't think of a, a moment like that at all this season 
Absolutely. I can't think of one individual error by a centre-half leading to a, to a goal scored against us this season at all, and I can remember several from last season. Just off I'm pretty sure head. there must be some, but like, there's certainly not the clangers, right? Not in that manner, yeah. I yeah. don't think. Like, even, even at the end of the season where um, the Wigan game was too, like, smash and grab goals which which Cooper was involved with certainly um Cooper was involved in the um first derby goal um in the second leg of the playoffs um and as you said there was that there was that moment where the Billy Sharp got in behind him and then laid the ball across to Chris Basham who then scored against Sheffield United there's also the error in that same game by Cooper which led to Casilla being sent off as well and they all came within like a five game period or something um but yeah, I think, and again, that came from a lack of control that we just didn't really give up until the second half of Barnsley this season, um, which is, I think, quite impressive. Like, uh, I think Joe mentioned it on the last podcast the the impressiveness of the fact that last season we sort of had a four game run where we just sort of collapsed, um, whereas this season our collapse was forty five minutes where we lost shape and didn't really keep the ball against Barnsley. So, yeah, I think that we're we're definitely going to be doing a lot of. Um, the deconstructions of the season in the next week or so. I think we're going to try and do um, a, a podcast where we look at a lot of the um, uh, the stats from behind the season and try and talk about just a sort of season review um, because it's 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 very easy to sort of lose the wood for the trees in these sorts of situations. So um, we did have some questions about transfers and stuff, but I think I'll leave that to the next time because um, it will be a, we can do we can do a little bit more of a section on on transfers and what we think the squad needs then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. We should move on to talk about Charlton Athletic, which I think a lot of people won't be really thinking about right now. But um, <laughs> I was I was lucky enough to have a chat with Ben Roberts, a friend of mine who I've been to the Valley and on a few occasions this season with. And he had this to say about Charlton. So I'm joined by Ben Roberts, a Charlton fan. Ben, how are you doing? Very good, if uh, um, somewhat exhausted um, <laughs> after just watching the uh, the Charlton v Wigan stream there and uh, and going one down and immediately getting one back and then going two one down and pretty much resigned after half time that we were going to lose that game and then Macaulay Bond um, somehow managing to to put one away after a fairly uh sort of fruitless 20 minutes of just long balls from us um out from Dylan Phillips and uh the defense really wasn't looking that hopeful at all 
But that's a really important point for you. We were just saying before we came on uh, air that you know that 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 extra point and the goal difference really suits you um, in terms of going going forward in in the next game. It does, uh, in as much as things are still just about in our hands now, and obviously playing <laughs> leads. Uh, I mean, it's either the ideal game um, or <laughs> or the worst game that we could. Um, be uh, sort of looking ahead to now but um, if we'd lost that game then we would have definitely been relying on the people and now we're just you know hoping on other people's results uh, to to make our life a little bit easier I think although I'm confusing myself at this point um, but I think there's a certain permutation having said all of that all of this Luton v uh, Hull game will have happened by then. I think that's kicking off in a few minutes. So, but it does it does keep it. I think psychologically, um, particularly as we almost got that win uh, midweek um, at Birmingham, and then uh, had to take a draw in the ninety third minute. Psychologically, getting one late here um, should um, help them ahead of Wednesday. Yeah, I think if Hull and Luton draw. Then all you'll need is a draw to guarantee um, safety. Just yes. given that you've got a massive goal difference advantage, so yes. I think it's as positive as, as you could hope for. And it, interesting, really, that this season started off so positively, uh, because for the first fifteen twenty weeks you were well in the top half, uh, and it's come off the rails a little bit. So, how's your experience of the se- season been? It's. I mean, it has been just that really watching us with that amazing start and then just slide and slide and slide. I think we've only actually been in the bottom three for, well, for the whole of the lockdown, but essentially for one game week. Um, so in that sense, if we go down, um, you know, it will seem harsh. On the other hand, we were only ever looking any good for about the first six or seven weeks of the season. Um, and the results really did go to hell after that, to be mm. honest. Um, we've just looked, uh, not just after the lockdown, but but even before that, even as we were going into the winter, um, the defence, uh, we could do with some better defenders, that's for sure. But uh, as you alluded to, our goal difference isn't that bad. Um, I think we've probably only lost two or three or maybe four games by more than a single goal. But the last 10 minutes of games and, and particularly into injury time, um, we, we've we conceded a lot. I think I saw something, a tweet the other day where there was uh, seven, seven games where we'd conceded after the 90th minute, um, which had led to, I think, in six of those games, us dropping points in mm. some way. I think the only other one was Sheffield Wednesday, where we were already 2-1 um, down. Um, ironically enough that Sheffield Wednesday game was the first home game after our supposed takeover which turned out not quite to be (laughs) (laughs) yeah regular listeners of our podcast will have heard me wax lyrical about Connor Gallagher um, who obviously left in in January how Mm. much of an impact has him going been on the team I think that has had a a profound effect. I I think we were looking a bit on the wane before then, but he he had so much creativity and he worked so hard um, that even in the sort of couple of times he had minor injuries before Christmas. And of course, Lyle Taylor was, was out injured then as well. 
and he's he's a he's a big miss. Um, but I think Gallagher was actually an even bigger miss because you know Bon was getting on the end of quite a few things. But when Gallagher wasn't around, um, you know, and we Johnny Williams was not uh, not fit either, which is no surprise to anyone who's followed Johnny Williams' career, unfortunately. Um, so I think we'd probably be safe by now um, if if Gallagher had still been around, even without Taylor. Uh, we mentioned this maybe a little bit before, but is this the best time for you to play Leeds? Leeds don't need anything. They're not playing for anything. Um, and uh, had it been um, different this weekend, it could have been the case that Leeds were still playing for, for something. So how, is this the best time to play Leeds, do you think? But I think it's definitely uh, better than if you did have something to play for, That mm. that's for sure. Um, you know, we've seen, um, I don't know, these aren't by any means direct comparisons but we've seen Liverpool's fairly indifferent form since they actually won the title although arguably (laughs) their form wasn't great before that so I think uh, I'm glad I'm glad that you've um, you've not only secured promotion but secured the title um, before that final day um, because it probably does give us um, that extra two or three percent over you that we're we're going to need um, uh, so, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I think maybe Leeds are the best team to, to play at the moment, to be honest, um, because we wouldn't want to be playing another team around us. Um, I think it, actually it'd be nice if we could play QPR again or somebody that's, <laughs> that's just given up. Let's play QPR for a third time. Yeah. So Leeds fans obviously are going to be uh, familiar with Lee Boyer. How would you say Lee Boyer has been this season for you? I'm very firmly in a uh, team in Boya we trust um, because I've seen a lot of silly stuff and I think this is probably the same in, in every fan base and, and without sounding too Victor Victor Meldrum, <laughs> um, uh, I think it's largely amongst younger fans who've, who've perhaps had their formative experience of football on FIFA and stuff but I've seen a lot of people say oh he's so he's so negative you know like I can't believe he hasn't done this I can't believe he hasn't done that the reality is that I think we've got either the lowest or second lowest budget uh, wage budget in the championship um we've we've got probably a worse team um than the one that took us out of league one last year we lost Patrick Bauer um and we lost uh, it was not quite to the same extent of of its uh, magnitude but we we lost Anthony uh, Dick Steele to uh, Middlesbrough as well um and, and really relied on a lot of loans particularly in January where it's become clear that we were actually under an embargo although that that didn't become clear <laughs> until until March so we couldn't actually part with with any money um uh, despite all of the the sort of great uh, words that uh, Matt, Matt Southall came in with. So um, so I think he, if we stay up, um, he would have done an absolute miracle um, because we were uh, favourites or second favourites to go down. Um, I think Millwall um, had some pretty bad um, bad odds as well, but they've, uh, they've obviously done well, not least by uh, beating us at the Den earlier in the season. How would you describe Boyer's tactics? I think he, he he's had to do his best with um, what 
what he's been given and what's been presented to him. Um, we we've got uh, uh, some some good players. It, it, Josh Cullen on loan from West Ham. Um, we McGeady has actually been I, I think looked fairly good. He, he only came on for the last ten minutes today, but he's looked fairly good since the lockdown in better shape. Um, but really, he's he's had to quite often be fairly fairly defensive um, and uh, play three at the back. And I think he knows we're we're never going to blow any team away and and win four or five nil, unfortunately. But he's managed to to restrict it at the other end to I th- I think I don't think we've lost by anything bigger than a two goal margin and we've only done that um two or three times um so tactically yeah of course you'd like to see something um a bit more exciting and free flowing and you know you know you're not going to see Ajax or Barcelona um <laughs> I think there's the potential the bone there's the bones of of something very good there, um, particularly earlier in the season. The first half of our home game against uh, Forest um, was incredible, the way they were passing. <laughs> um, so I think in different circumstances with a few different players, um, you know, he, he could have a team that played some really pretty football. Um, mm. But he knows that you know, if we did that, we, we we would have been relegated three or four weeks ago. I've been lucky enough to go to a few games with you this season and um, it seems to me that Bowyer's tactics have been pretty reactive this season and as you've said, that's entirely understandable. But I'm interested in your thoughts about whether or not that's going to backfire in a game um, in midweek where you have to go out and win. I think in that sense, the reaction is going to be from now like his reaction will be taking place as we speak and we are going to have to definitely as we did uh today actually um although we had three at the back we we did a sort of three five two and had the creativity coming from the wings well i think quite apart from what he does in the midfield or the defense we're going to have to play with two proper recognized forwards um and he that was bon and davison today which surprised a lot of people. Davison was signed from non-league not that long ago and has only started, I think this was his fifth start mm. um, ever. But he's got a lot of pace, which uh, Toma Hemed, mm. unfortunately, uh, Toma Hemed, I'm not sure how many starts he's had, but I think he's had 18 appearances for us. Um, and he, he has looked fairly solid, particularly since the lockdown. But... He he's not as young as he used to be, mm. um, so uh, so having that that energy and the the pace of Davison today was was certainly useful. So I think whether it's Bon and Hemed, Bon and Davison, or or Chucks and Nike playing perhaps behind Bon, um, although whether he might use Nike uh, as he did today as a bit of a hold up merchant uh, later on in the game. Um, remains to be seen, but I, I personally uh, have been impressed with with an EK um, in the bits that we've seen him in the last few weeks, um, just because he is a lot stronger um, than than many of our other players. And there's been some criticism of of you know why isn't why isn't Johnny Williams started? Um, the reality is we've got a lot of quite slight, mm. short players. Um, which other teams will exploit 
in the air, unfortunately. Um, so you're never going to get a Williams and uh, and Otsuma um, <laughs> starting in the same same lineup. And you know, even a well, Chris Solly's contract uh, ran out at the end of June, and he's obviously looking probably for a move into League One, so he didn't renew. But um, he, he, you know, even apart from those incredibly short players, we we've it's been the frustrating parts have been watching us has been when we've been punting high balls up there that we know we can't win basically how are you looking injury wise for for wednesday not too bad um uh darren prattley is injured um he didn't play today um although he did a bit of uh running before the game it's unlikely that he's going to play on wednesday um but this could be one of Bowyer's uh guessing game type things um you know bring bring Prattley out for a bit of exercise today to uh, get get people wondering, although I'm not sure that would affect, I don't think Prattley's going to affect what Bielsa's going to do necessarily. Mm. But, um, <laughs> but uh, we're, not, we're not looking too bad after the lockdown, it has to be said. Um, it's It's been uh, more adjusting, I guess, to the loss of Taylor, um, to a much lesser extent, the loss of Solly, who hadn't played much this season, um, and uh, David Davis um, going back off off his loan. Um, so, but but it was a good time for a lot of our players who were kind of looking uh, not injured but not match fit. Um, thinking of Toma Hemed um, and and a few others to uh, Aidan McGeady. Um, to actually look a, a bit more uh, match fit, a bit more in shape um, than they were in early March. In terms of the the lineup, well, how do you think you're going to line up on on Wednesday? Uh, I think well, uh, it it it's been funny uh, watching Boya because we've we've kind of from game to game, and it was three changes today from Wednesday, but there was one game uh, a few weeks ago. Forgetting exactly which sequence and order all these things went in um, uh, now, but he made seven changes. I think McCauley Bond is pretty much nailed on to be in there. In the absence of Prattley, Sam Field's probably going to be at the base of a midfield. Alfie Doughty um, looked outstanding today, um, and I do sadly suspect that um, uh, Wednesday might be his last game in a Charlton shirt because I think Fulham were interested in January and there'd been some whisper of Everton being interested before that. And actually, although David Moyes was, I guess, ostensibly at the Valley today to watch Josh Cullen, um, uh, who uh, has another year at West Ham now, I think he had an extension, he probably can't have failed to have been impressed by Doughty. So um, I'd be very surprised if Doughty didn't play uh, 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 a role. Jason Pierce did. Uh, uh, he was injured in the first half. Managed to soldier on uh, through most of the second half. But if he's if he's out, then uh, that that could could be interesting um, for our defence because we'd struggle um, to to play three at the back um, without him. Uh, with just Oshilaja. Um, and and Saar as as the real sort of recognised centre backs and and uh, Oshilaja having looked a bit shaky 
Um, although Saar not looking great in a two and looking a bit more comfortable in a three. Um, so I, I, I think that's that's the bones of it. Um, Phillips um, has, has played pretty much every game this season. So I think we could safely say that he's going to be in goal and Matthews is going to be a, a right back um, now that Solly um, has um, ended his contract. On this podcast, we've been very clear that we're unhappy with Kika Casilla being included in match day squads after his ban. How will it feel for you as a Charlton fan if Casilla is included on the match day squad on Wednesday? Morally, it's not going to feel good um, because there the didn't seem to be much left in question um, after the incident with, with Lecco and and uh, Macaulay Bond. Um, see, Lecco uh, had a, a season-ending injury um, so isn't around at Charlton anymore, um, which on a on a sort of personal level um, for him would have uh, made this uh, quite a probably quite a fraught occasion. Um, uh, I think on a on a footballing level, um, he he will have served the the judgment that that was eventually handed down to him. Um, it, it's frustrating, I think, for a lot of. Of people observing the situation, that there didn't seem to be any um, admission of of culpability or, or repentance there. Um, I don't think we'd we'd be saying, you know, he should be banned for life or you know throw him out of the game. Um, but uh, uh, you know, the the, the the there was seemed to be a lot of of dragging of feet and. Uh, um, just a, a a real avoidance of of just saying sorry. <laughs> so I'm always interested in the players that opposition fans are worried about when they face a lead. So is there any players in particular you are going to be a little bit wary of? With the uh, caveat that we don't know who Leeds are going to play um, on that final game. Do you know I, I had a look at this earlier, and and I don't I don't know whether this is just me um, and not looking too much at, at who other sides um play and 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 don't play on any given match but I, I i don't think there is a specific player um that i'd necessarily worry about uh, uh so much as you know leeds are the ultimate system team um and you know if it, if the system works then um, they could be anybody in the division, um, so it'll be about us sort of frustrating the system or, or hoping Leeds uh, are having uh, an, an off day or you know just not turning up, um, having already secured the the championship. Um, but I, I guess personnel wise, there's there's probably teams. Um, you know, like a, a, a Fulham or something it, who in Mitrovic ostensibly have somebody that shouldn't be in this division. Um, and you might not say the same um, necessarily um, of, of many Leeds players, but it's, it's, it's the way that they're coached, the way that they're managed, the way that they play together. So, so in that sense, it's probably not a player, but um, Bielsa, who uh, who's the um, who's the who's the main worry? And um, what players on the Charlton side should the Leeds fans look out for? I think given a sense of a few of them, but who do you say is going to be the uh, the real hero of Charlton on Wednesday? Assuming Doughty's got legs left in him, 
Um, I, I think Doughty is going to be uh, really important for us. He scored one for us today. Um, he's ju- just looked today, but even I think the last Charlton home game I went to, which was uh, very shortly before the uh, the lockdown, um, just shortly before I was away, I missed missed a couple of home games um, having been overseas, but a doughty we actually sat somewhere different from where we uh we normally would um because there was some sort of you know get in for a fiver type thing and we were right down um in the west end there so doubt doughty was right in front of us and he he just looks another level um pretty much compared to to the rest of our our guys i think if mcgeady plays he he looked um he looked good uh, not necessarily today where we only got 10 or 15 minutes but um, over the last couple of games that he's played um, Bomb got a goal today um, whether he's quite at the level we need him to be um, remains to be seen um, he's probably scored 9 or 10 goals this season but um, we we probably haven't quite got the calibre of, of striker that we need um, in the absence of Taylor and we needed somebody else other than Taylor and Bon even even before Christmas. So uh, I think which just speaks even more to to the job that Bowyer will have done just to grind out um, the results really that we have got since November um, to, to keep us up. And I don't ever ask for predictions but feel free to give one but I'm more interested in how you think the game will unfold on Wednesday. Might be cursing myself and the team to uh, something here, but I think I've, I've strongly sort of alluded to the fact that we've basically not been out of of many games this season at all. Um, and perhaps when we played uh, Wigan earlier in the season, Sheffield Wednesday got a late goal against us, but we seem to be able to stay in games even if we're we're not actually doing that much or creating that much which means that we can always get a sort of uh, that one chance we do get or a, a sort of freak opportunity um, to to salvage something um, so I don't expect us uh, I say nervously um, to, to lose four or five nil or something um, I, I think we we have the potential in us to to at least be good enough um, for a draw. Obviously, we beat you um, earlier in the season. One of my major frustrations of this season was that was uh, uh, I was on holiday and my brother and a friend of his um, took took the season tickets um, for that one, and me and my dad were watching it um, on a stream in the Costa Blanca. Um, but we uh, we did savor that one. So Ben, thank you so much. Really enjoyed chatting. Um, what what's the best way for people to follow what you put out on social media and stuff? Uh, you're welcome, John. Um, so on Twitter, I'm at Benjamark R B E N J A Mark M A R K, and then the letter R. Um, so that's probably uh, the best way to find me. Hope you enjoy the game on Wednesday, and uh, let's hope you get something out of it and stay up, and we'll have you in the championship next season. Yes, I think the only way I'm going to enjoy it is if we get three early goals. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've had our fair share of non-enjoyable games recently, so um, we feel for you. (laughs) 
So that was Ben Roberts, a Charlton fan. Uh, Josh, what did you make of that? Yeah, um, it's, it's a funny one, isn't it, now that we're going into uh, into this game with nothing riding on it at all for it uh, for us. Um, I feared this game, to be honest, when it when it came to uh, if I, if we'd needed to win this game, uh, I was nervous because I think Charlton are uh, the kind of team that would have been a bit of a nightmare for us. Just that they've got a really good ability to just make the game so stodgy. Um, but it's really interesting him saying um, they sort of rode. Uh, they've been riding the wave of their. Um, sort of early season form and that, I mean it's so true um their their expected goals uh is the second worst in the league uh only Luton uh have uh have fewer uh and their expected goals against uh also second uh second worst in the league behind Luton so they've their expected goals against 72.35 but they've been getting super lucky because they've only conceded 61. Uh, and I didn't say how many they'd scored. They've scored 50 uh, from 48.82. But the start of the season was ridiculous because they're, um, they had uh, a conversion rate in the like... Uh, in the like 40, around 40 odd percent mark when the um, the average for the league was like 11 percent. So they just basically scored everything in their first month and a half of the season uh, and put up like half <laughs> half their points for the season. And they've just been like they've been clinging on to those points that they got and just plummeting down the table ever since then. It's quite remarkable. If they if they stay up, it will be because of the first two months of the season. Yeah. But then you could say the same of us. The reason why Brentford didn't catch us up is because we had a fairly good first part of the season as well. I mean, we also had a phenomenal end of the season as well, as much as they have. But Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. They never laid a glove on us in the end. No. Right. Yeah. So I've just just a couple of questions here. Um, we're going to see the youngsters again, do you think, Darren? I think we'll I think we'll see some of them again. I think we might see strike again. Um but I think that we'll go to a team which is much more like that what we used to that which we are used to yeah. seeing. Um just simply because I expect Bielsa to respect the integrity of the league and he'll want he'll want Charlton to have faced a good Leeds United so that he you know, so that he's got respect for the competition. He's demonstrating respect for the competition. For no other reason than that, I think we'll see a pretty strong team. I also th- just think he'll just go business. He'll just be like, right, it's back to business now. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I and I think he wa- he wants to win every game. He wanted to win today. Um, and I think, um, yeah, I, I think he he wants to s- see these players. Um, all the time. Can they can they still perform the level that I want? Can they perform up to the level in the Premier League? Um, he's never going to stop pushing them. That's the mm. way I see it. Do you think that we might? As a result of having, like today, it felt as though that the youngsters had a lot to prove, and so they went quite hard at the game. Um, do you think that bringing in bringing players back in who've been essentially on the piss for the last few days <laughs> is is maybe going to change uh, change the dynamic a little bit at all? Well, I think someone like, for example, Liam Cooper, he knows he's going to lift the trophy at the end of the game. I think I I think he will think to himself, I don't want to lose. 
and go and lift the trophy. I want to. I want to win. Finish the season on on a in a brilliant winning run. Uh, and I, I'm sure they'll be up for it. But yeah, I'm, I, <laughs> they're 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 going to be in a slightly different physical state to what they have been for the rest of the season. Um, but I, I fully expect them to be switched back on 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 Wednesday uh, and and up for it. Um, but I do take the point that um, Roberts had a point to prove starting up front today. Perveda had a point to prove making his first start. Same with Stroik. Um and Shackleton. I think he'll as much as he's had, um, you know, he's he's had an incredible season in the fact that he's got to be a part of of us um, being promoted. I think if he was. Uh, at the end of last season when he played brilliantly in the playoffs I think if you asked him what how he expected the season to play out for him this year I think he would have been expecting to play way more than he has and I think he'd be disappointed in a from a personal sense that he's not played as much so um, yeah he's always going to have a point to prove I think yeah. And I just wanted to say that um, tonight I will be going to sleep with a compilation of Pablo's nutmegs from today <laughs> on a loop on my phone, and that'll send me into sweet dreams. And the second thing is, I just wanted to say that I hope that that Berardi's injury doesn't scupper his contract chances because it did look like a bit of a nasty one. Mm. Um, and I, I, yeah, I, re- I really do feel for him. Um, so just wanted to say mm. that. So that brings us to the end of the podcast. Um, as we are getting towards the business end of the season, to use a, a cliche, uh, if you've enjoyed our podcast, it would be great if you um, uh, reviewed it or rated it on iTunes because that will give us a little bit more uh, clout. People will find us more easily. So if you could find the time to do that, that would be great. If you do like our content and you do want to get more of it, we do have a Patreon channel which has loads of extra content on it. Uh, I think Josh has done a scouting report on someone that Leeds are interested in that will go up on there tomorrow morning or today, I guess, if you're listening to this on Monday. Afternoon. I've got got to just finish it off. Cool. (laughs) It's been a busy weekend. (laughs) Yeah, it has been quite busy. If you're interested in, in getting extra content, we we are putting out a bonus episode at the moment um, every week on there. Uh, this week I'm talking to Alex Stewart of TIFO Football and we will probably have a 45-minute Bielsa love-in. So uh, that will be well worth it. Alex is one of the most interesting uh, people in the football media. So if you do want to get hold of that, head over to www.patreon.com forward slash allstats, aren't we? And uh, have a look what's going on over there. Three people who have done that are Emilio, Declan Gray and Cleek and with that we arrive at the end of the podcast so uh, all is for me to do is to say thank you Darren thank you very much and thank you Josh cheers mate and don't you know pump it up the whites are in (laughs) fact going up (laughs) get in Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 